Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Spiritual Success Podcast. Today I have Andrew Rowe on the podcast and he is a healer, so he works with people on their limiting beliefs. I've had two sessions with Andrew and it was really interesting to learn more about his personal story. So he talks about what it was like coming out as a gay man in a Catholic family in rural France, overcoming drug addiction, going from a really bad place kind of mentally and spiritually to where he is today with a thriving spiritual business full of joy, loving his work and having a really big impact. So this is a really uplifting, positive episode and I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Spiritual Success Podcast with me, Liz Roberta, a place for spiritual people who want to grow, learn and succeed in life and in business. I'll be talking to successful spiritual entrepreneurs, authors and thought leaders to understand what creates a meaningful and soul aligned life. So come on in, lightworkers. This is your time to shine. Hi, Andrew. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for coming on today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this. I'm so excited to dig deeper into your past and find out how you became such an expert at healing limiting beliefs, because I know a little bit about your story, but there's definitely parts of it which we can dig more into today. So everyone listening, can you please tell us how you got to where you are today doing this very unique type of healing work? Oh my goodness. How long do you have? Uh, yeah, so, uh, okay, let's try and do it in a nutshell. The story all began in uh, 2012 when I was at university and I did a lot of drugs and the drugs became a habit uh, and I became addicted to ketamine and it brought me into different spaces within different dimensions and it was quite fun playing around with that until it became a problem and what happened was I just became, I don't know, paranoid maybe is the right word. And I had a spiritual awakening, but also it felt like psychosis. So I wasn't really sure what was going on. I was pretty sure I was evil. Uh, I kept on being told I was evil. I was like uh, having experiences where I was hearing and seeing angels' wings being cut off. It was really, really scary Every time I closed my eyes and went to sleep, I um, saw the devil. I saw myself helping a friend of mine who who drugged, overdosed and died out of hell. It was just a very, very dark time. And I wouldn't leave my flat if there was any red cars outside. I wouldn't cross the road if there was a red light. I mean, it's good to not cross the road when there's a red line, but <laughs> if you know what I mean. Crows followed me everywhere. These crows like were... There was one crow and then there was about 30 crows on the roof opposite the flat I was staying in. And I just, I was losing my mind, absolutely losing my mind. So I made a vow to not do the drugs again and kind of went on to my healing journey. But it took a while because I just was so convinced that I was the devil or that was evil, which is just so absurd when you actually know me and see who I am. But I just was just lost, I guess. And so it brought me on the path of healing and finding out more about myself. And I met my partner, who was a huge, huge blessing in helping me, uh, went to Thailand and went to a retreat. And the retreat was incredible and got Reiki done for the first time. And I had all these really cool experiences and got into cards. And I was like, oh, this is quite cute. I like this. Um, all the while still like kind of battling with my demons, literally 
with my demons. I'm very against the idea of duality and heaven and hell, but on some level you can create hell in your head, right? And I was definitely in hell. And long story short, I went to lots of other retreats, got really stuck into angel cards, oracle cards, went to a retreat in Sweden called The Sound of Chocolate, uh, where we did cacao every morning and evening and did sounding like different sounds and tuning forks. Like we did tuning forks in each other's ears for three hours straight. Yeah. Did that not damage your hearing? No, it made me so high vibe. Like when I was in Sweden, that's when I was like, oh my goodness, Andrew, there's something, we're all special in our own way. But I started seeing like, there's something special about you. Like I was meditating and I kept on seeing the image of a person that was on that retreat too, but I was seeing them in a really dark space. And when I opened my eyes, I looked at her and she was just like swirling and twirling and she just did not look well. And so I spoke to her and basically long story short, she was trying to, she's from Canada. She wanted to contact someone in Canada, but she didn't have a phone. And she was like saying that she was suicidal. And then I just channeled basically this thing and I don't know what it was and then she said what are you god like where's this coming from and I was like I don't know um but that was really incredible and so then that kind of propelled me to just delve even deeper and start to look at different modalities that would help heal me and then help heal others so I got you know my reiki I did theta healing I've done oneness practice and then also just really communing with the angels and so that kind of was the the driving force that got me to where I am, which was basically to remember that I am love and that I'm not evil and that none of us are evil and that density, darkness wants to trick you in thinking that you're that, but you're never that and you can never be that only if you start forgetting your own light. And that's what was happening. And I, and I know that I went to hell and back. I, I know I, I've experienced it. I experienced such deep density and, and fear, which has brought me to who I am to be such a more empowered healer, because I understand the two sides of the coin, if you know what I mean. Definitely. And this is a conversation I've had a few times on the podcast about how we find our spirituality through the things that we needed to heal. And I always think the same. So I'm more of a spiritual teacher than a healer, but I've only been able to teach because of all the things that I learn and because of the family that I was born into and realizing what they needed and realizing what I needed to heal as well. I think it was in Journey of Souls when they said that actually having a bad childhood is the greatest gift of all. And it's such a blessing. And I mean, I know yours wasn't childhood, but having these kind of experiences in our life that we think are bad and we think are so painful because they are at the time are actually opportunities for transformation that can take us to our purpose ultimately. Totally and I mean it, it was perpetuated by my childhood because growing up as a gay man in a rural village in France with a religious mother I was massively indoctrinated in the idea of good versus evil, you know, heaven versus hell, uh, angels versus demons, a massive energy of duality and black and white. And I saw things incredibly black and white. I didn't see things as a spectrum. And so probably my internalized homophobia and my hate for my own homosexuality played out in this experience that was then, you know, mirrored to me through what I was seeing and feeling, albeit there were some really cool moments like amazing moments where I was just 
just things that you would never even begin to believe if I started telling you them, but also incredibly scary moments as well. And yeah, so then just to quickly um, summarize, I was going through all of this stuff and, you know, and then everything got a lot better. And I was working at a school, working with refugees and asylum seekers and really loving that. And then I was like, but I feel like I have more to offer. I feel like I'm really good with people. You know, my students said, you're so you're so good at talking. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll become a therapist. And I was like, I don't want to go back to university and, and I don't want to be part of a system. And I said to myself, like, oh, I just want to break. Like, I just want to break. I want to leave my job. But, I, you know, I just want to break anyway. I was meditating and trying to release anger and resentment and jealousy and my back just went and I slipped my disc lying down. It was the weirdest thing. I mean, albeit I did slip my disc five years ago um, from flying trapeze. That's another story. But this one was <laughs> this one was lying down and I have never been in such excruciating pain and I was off work paid because I was off sick. And during that time, I was able to delve into new healing modalities and do new courses and become even more in tune to things. So it was this like amazing kind of synchronistic experience. And so it goes back to what you were saying, like, you know, the pain of your childhood is your gift. But like, actually, pain brings so many gifts if you choose to allow yourself to see it. Definitely. I mean, without it, we can stay asleep. It's like the tower moment in tarot. It allows you to completely shake up your life and do something different instead of just being comfortably uncomfortable and just carrying on the same path because it's not bad enough to change it, but it's not right either. And you stay in that kind of middle ground forever. It's the same with relationships and careers. I mean, you see it all the time. People who stay in things for a long, long, long time, which aren't totally right for them because it's never been bad enough to leave and to make a change. So I definitely do think it is a gift as bad as it feels at the time but when we have this you know spiritual journey and we do the inner work then we know that actually it's a huge opportunity for transformation and then I think that journey just gets shorter and shorter and shorter each time the more you go through it each time you're like ah okay I can see the positives I can see the positives so much quicker and it becomes a more natural process of, of finding the benefits within it yeah I think that's also a really good way of seeing it is like when someone triggers you it's like see it as a blessing it's like oh what what is my soul trying to learn in this experience I know I was just triggered on a whatsapp group <laughs> so pointless like it wasn't even it was just a silly triggering of like felt like I wasn't being heard even though I was being heard but just the people didn't agree to what I was saying and that was just triggering my inner child that like when I would be younger and I would have an opinion and then other people would say something and then then they would almost it would be feel like I was being ganged up on when I know I wasn't. And so that was a really interesting moment. And rather than being like, allowing myself to be pulled into that energy, it's like actually observation, this is so interesting. This is reminding me of what happened when I was eight in the schoolyard. This is a limiting belief I need to work on. <laughs> so that brings us nicely on to talking about the work that you do with limiting beliefs. So how did this start to happen? You were working at the school what happened from there that got you into working with limiting beliefs? Uh, yeah, so I was working in this school. And, you know, it's funny, like with the students that I was working with, not only asylum seekers, but there was other kids who just had pretty rough upbringings. And I started noticing that a lot of their experiences was around belief systems. So they believe that they aren't good enough to pass their English GCSEs because they failed them three times. So why would they pass again? You know, they believe that they weren't worthy of X, Y, and Z. And 
it was so fascinating like it was I was almost doing kind of therapy with them at the time and so then I um <laughs> I had a reading by this friend of mine called Marjorie uh, and she did a reading when she came over and she said you should you should uh, train in theater healing and I was like oh I don't know if I really want to da 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 and it was all online and I was like okay look I'll give it a go and I did it and I was like oh my gosh like I love this and I'm really good at it and I'm really good at tuning into people and then you know after my second course um, I had like people who were teachers who said you know you're really advanced for for you know the level that you're at and I was like oh, okay well thank you but it just comes to me so naturally um, and then I think because I'm so in touch with my inner child doing all this limiting belief work is very linked to the inner child and so I'm very I'm really good at tuning into what would that child be feeling experiencing at that time what beliefs did they create at that time and also then it just built my confidence I then started doing something called um, oneness practice with this guy called Lionel which is absolutely amazing and it really just taps into vibration and listening to the different vibrations of different things including yourself so then you can listen to the vibration of your client and listen to what's going on within themselves seeing where the blockages are feeling experiencing and then the more sessions I did the more I became massively attuned to it to the point where I could just tap into someone's past life immediately and because you know sometimes we have belief systems like I don't know where this is coming from it's like okay let me just tune in oh, it's coming from this past life. Whoa, that's what happened. Okay, well, we need to shift this. And you would know about this, Liz, wouldn't you? I was just going to say, I've had two sessions with you. And in the second one, you were like, oh my God. So we'll talk more about how your sessions actually work in a second. But we did some muscle testing to see what the limiting belief was. And you said to me, I need to kill in the name of God, yes or no? And my body said, yes. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, what? Obviously, I'm not killing anyone. But my body, for some reason, said that I need to kill in the name of God. And I was so shocked and blown away. And then you're like, okay, it's this past lifetime where you were a crusader and you had to kill for the church, basically. And it was so shocking because I would never have got that on my own. Yeah, so it's it's really incredible sometimes the things that come through. And I think I really, really love when past lives come through because they're really fun. Like I had a client uh, just before, um, I think a few days ago, uh, she had a past life where she wasn't even a being from this planet. She was like an aquatic being, I would say like maybe a mermaid. And she had a real hate towards humanity for doing what they're doing to the ocean and so she's like I don't understand why I hate humans I don't I you know like I don't see why humans are evil like of course we know of that but I don't believe in unconscious perspective and when this past life came through I was like oh my goodness wow you know this aquatic being is holding on to so much resentment because her whole kingdom her whole lifehood is being destroyed and she's seeing it being destroyed so yeah it's it's really incredible and that's just like that's just the tip of the iceberg you know we look at all these different other belief systems where they come from but when they're when they're past lives it's it's wild so you talk about seeing things can you talk to us a little bit more about how your gift works is it all through clairvoyance uh yeah so I'm I'm just going to counter the idea of a gift because then it makes me feel like I'm more special than other people. Oh so, no, everyone's gifted in different ways. Yeah, so um so I guess my abilities which we all have by the way please don't feel like um, <laughs> you don't have them but my abilities I am fortunate in la enough to tap into all the 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 clairs so 
and it depends on the client who I'm working with. Sometimes I work with clients and I'm incredibly clairvoyant, super visual. I see things. Other times I'm much more clairsentient and I can feel, experience them. Then sometimes it's clairaudient. You know, it's all these different things, claircognizance. It really depends on the client and on what, what we're going through. With the, with the past lives, you will come through as clairvoyance and then I'll feel the energy of that past life and be like, oh, okay, whew, that's heavy. Okay, what's going on here? And then just being like really inquisitive, which is so funny because growing up, my my dad hated that I asked so many questions as a kid. I asked questions about everything. I remember this clear as day. And he would say, why are you asking so many questions? Just stop asking questions. And he'd be like, oh, okay. Like, is it wrong to ask questions? And I finally found my calling to be asking questions. <laughs> That's hysterical. And like with me, when I was younger as well, I remember I would pretend I was a journalist and I would just write these articles about like foot and mouth disease or I do it for fun. And then now I'm writing books and I also only ever read nonfiction. I was talking about this the other day to my husband. I was like, isn't it weird that as a kid and it means that since school, I haven't read anything that is fiction. I literally read 100% nonfiction, even when I was a child. And the only fiction I ever read was at school for like English class. And I've always read nonfiction because I read to learn. And it's so strange. And like even other self-help authors are like, oh, I I need to read fiction sometimes. I'm like, well, I haven't read a fiction book in probably 15 years. But (laughs) that's incredible. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I guess, you know, as a child, we we already know kind of and then it kind of gets beaten out of us metaphorically or physically and then we're just like okay I'll just be a version of what you want me to be and then we unlearn it all and then we're like oh I'm back to where I was meant to be I found my calling I'm me again yeah all the clues are there and you look back to being a kid and like I loved being on my own and I was always on my own reading nonfiction. hello I'm on my own writing nonfiction books now it's (sighs) so strange wild I love that I'm the opposite. I was like always like super loud and energetic and excitable and always magical. Like everything was magic about me. Like, you know, I would just be so sure that when we would watch magic shows on, you know, David Blaine and whatever on TV, I was so sure it was real until my father and brother decided to burst my little bubble and say that magic isn't real. It's all an illusion. Why would I believe in such silly things? And then I was like, my heart but now I've come back to you know me and it's like actually magic is real (laughs) so shut up (laughs) (laughs) so when you're doing all of this healing work then you talked about how you feel other people's emotions and you're seeing all this stuff how do you take care of yourself in terms of your own energy without taking on other people's trauma in that process as you're feeling it so that's a good question and that's something I've been kind of dealing with at the moment you know since February, which is when I started my business, I've had 130 clients and all of them are repeating clients. And I have about four or five clients a day healing clients. So that's a lot of healing a day. Um, and at first it was fine. It was easy. And then it got like, oh my God, wait, I'm not sleeping as well. I'm quite exhausted. And so I was like, well, so what am I doing? Because I'm just tapping into universal source energy. I'm not using my energy. But then I realized actually, maybe sometimes I am using my energy because I want them to have a really good result. And because I'm so tapped in to, you know, the angelic frequencies and things like that, I can do healings from a high frequency. It's just, it will make me quite tired. So 
when I did some channel writing and I asked, you know, what do I need to do? My, my angels, my guides um, said to me, you need to envision yourself in a cocoon of golden light every time you do a session because that will protect you from any holding on to anything. And then at the end, I always do an energy break and release and I, you know, use some Aqua de Florida or Palo Santo to kind of cleanse myself. But I, I never take on people's suffering. That's one thing I know I don't do. And I think it's because if you find an energy, and I guess this is what doctors do as well, when you find an energy of detachment, so when you don't go into their story, I know it's just a story, you don't get pulled into their trauma, right? So by finding that energy of, sometimes I get pulled in because it's just a bit of fun, you know, it's just like, oh my God. And sometimes the stuff people tell me, I'm like, oh, that's horrible. But mostly it's just you you hold kind of a neutrality. And when you hold that neutrality, it allows them to just move through their story. And sometimes I have to tell my clients, it's like, you're just going, you're stuck in your story right now. Like you're not moving. Remember, this is just a story you're telling yourself. Do you want to move out of it? Do you want to move into a more encompassed whole expression of yourself? Or do you want to be stuck in this story? Because right now you're stuck in it. And I noticed that certainly with clients when we're at like the 35 minute mark and we still haven't found their limiting beliefs. So I'm like, okay, are they ready to do limiting belief work or are they just here to have some talking therapy? If that's the case, then um, maybe go see a, a talking therapist. Very, very interesting. And when you're having a session, how does that go? Do people come to you with a limiting belief and then you just work on it straight away? Or do people come to you with what they think the limiting belief is? And then you're like, actually, no, let's go deeper. This is the thing that we need to heal. I guess, you know, they say the problem's never the problem. And um, I have clients that will come to me and they're very clear as to what they want to work on. Like they want to work on their money beliefs. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's work on your money beliefs. And then we find actually it's because they need, they need to prove their parents wrong. And then when you shift that belief and know that you don't need to prove your parents anything, you're just here to have your experience, then suddenly your money and your abundance flows in, especially with your, your healing career, because you're not doing it from a place of scarcity, you're doing it from a place of fullness and wholeness. Sometimes I have clients that will come to see me and they're like, I don't know what to work on. What should we work on today? And I'm like, okay, cool. This is fun. This is like Andrew, the excavator. Let's go in. Let's see what's going on. And you know, we, I always tune into the energy and see like, okay, what's going on? Where's the blockages? Okay. So maybe this, maybe we need to look at the mother. Maybe we need to look at the resentment towards the mother. And then it just brings us on a journey. So it really depends. Sometimes clients come in with a good idea what they want to work on. And it, we never actually work on that. Sometimes clients come in, they don't know what they want to work on. And then we end up working on what they thought we were going to work on. So <laughs> yeah, it really is dependable. That's so interesting. And what kind of things do you work with people on? What are some of the most kind of common limiting beliefs that you see coming up? Wow. Uh, I'd say the most common limiting beliefs are around self-worth. We as a, a populace are so lacking in self-worth. And that was definitely something I had to overcome within my own healing and being, believing we're good enough. It's so sad actually to see so many people feeling that they're not enough because that's the conditions that we've been put into. You know, our family, society, school, just the whole environment tells us that we're not enough and that we need to be more. So we work a lot around that. Um, money is a big one I work with, with clients, wanting the flow of money and actually realizing some people are like, yeah, but I love money, I love money. And you're like, okay, let's muscle test. I love money. And it's like, no. And then it's like, 
why don't you love money? Oh, well, you know, my parents, they argued a lot around money. It created a lot of conflict. Okay, can you muscle test money creates conflict? Yeah, yes. So now do you think you're going to want money if you think it creates conflict? No. So yeah, so that's really interesting. And then it it really, it really depends. So I just say, yeah, self-worth, good enough, money, relationships, uh, resentment, all kinds of things. I love it. <laughs> So, so fascinating. So what are your plans for the future then? You're going to do this healing. I know it's been kind of the last year, things have really blown up for you. What are your big goals in terms of healing the planet? Oh, I love that. Um, So my mission is to help everyone return back to their true essence of love. And that's working with all kinds of individuals. I work primarily at the moment with spiritual entrepreneurs, conscious business owners and creatives to, you know, reach the next level in their business and their personal lives. But at the end of the day, it's to help everyone remember that they are love at core and that they are not their story. So, you know, big dreams, I guess, um, creating my meditations that people can listen to every day and that can raise their vibration and release the the belief systems that they're holding on to, creating more programs, one-to-one programs to really help people create that container and change and shift the beliefs that they're holding on to. I see myself doing a podcast uh, and just giving people like seven minutes of light, you know, just something quick and easy that they can listen to that can inspire them. And then I guess the bigger thing is, is going into retreats and working at luxury tropical retreats uh, and um, being an in-house kind of healer. And then the biggest, I guess, the big aim um, as an actor, I want to work within spiritual TV and spiritual films and then be like, I guess, a worldwide healer. Like I, I see that in my future. I see I see that I can help a lot of people from high net worth individuals to celebrities to, you know, individuals who don't have that much money. Like I just see myself helping a lot, a lot of people. And that really does feel like my divine timing. That's incredible. So inspiring. And you mentioned as well that you feel like you're here to teach about love and we're in a group together. And you had a realization the other day when you found out about human design. So can you share that story? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, It's called the incarnation cross. Yeah. The left hand incarnation cross of love. I think it's called like, um, um, and I don't know much about human design. I'm like a human design uh, person, but when I read about the incarnation cross, it's about like what your purpose is, like what you've here to come to do. And mine is about teaching people about love, raising the vibration through love, helping everyone remember that they're love. I had no idea this was what my incarnation cross was. I had already had an idea that I wanted to bring people back to their true essence of love ages ago. And then when I looked at my incarnation cross, I was like, that is wild. Oh my goodness gracious me. I'm so excited. So it feels super duper aligned. Um, yeah. Because I remember when I first started talking to you and I was like, what's your human design? And you were like, Rachel just asked me this yesterday. What is it with you guys? Is in Rachel Alice. And she was like, what's your human design? And uh, yeah, that was just so interesting when you shared that because you were like, that is literally you. That's literally what you talk about all the time. And it's the same for me. Mine is the right angle cross of explanation and it's to explain spiritual ideas 
in or explain ideas in a way that people will understand obviously for me that translates to spirituality and my life purpose is to bring spirituality to the mainstream by like translating it in a certain way that's incredible and there was also something in my human design which are i i mean again are they channels are they nodes i can't remember are they planets but i have three of them in joy and that makes total sense because joy is like something that i can easily get into i am a very joyful person and so that's like a a frequency that's very comfortable for me and it was very interesting to see that that is something that's in my human design i have three things of joy in there so um yeah human design is wild really interesting yeah i love that there's so many different modalities in spirituality and human design's really become massive in the past kind of year or two i've coached a few people who have human design businesses but i remember when i first got into all of this in like 2018 i don't even remember seeing it so it's really really grown and it's interesting to see what's you know to come in the next few years as more and more people wake up all around the world so just excited to explore a little bit more so this has been absolutely incredible and the last question i always ask people is what is your favorite thing about the work that you do I think my favorite thing about the work that I do is seeing people shift so profoundly, so quickly. Um, Seeing my clients be able to reconnect with past relationships, you know, familial relationships that they thought were never going to happen again. Seeing my clients be able to see that they are worthy, that they're good enough. Seeing them open their hearts and up-level their hearts and, and... Yeah, that for me is my favorite part is just seeing people move back into love and happiness and fullness. Yeah, that's my favorite part. (laughs) That's so beautiful. So where can people find you? Uh, So you can find me on Instagram. Uh, It is Andrew Row 111. I love the angel number 111. So yeah, Andrew Row 111. I also have a website, which is actually going to be uh, redesigned and recreated by October, but it is www.andrew-row.co.uk. You're probably best off following me on Instagram. Uh, I do really interesting posts about limiting beliefs so you can know more about the limiting beliefs that are holding you back I also bring a bit of comedy so I do a bit of uh, real comedy to make people laugh around spirituality Uh, and I also do some inspirational um, quotes but yeah my whole purpose on that page is to just serve as best as possible and really open people to the idea that you too can you know find out what your limiting beliefs are and, and start working in them today This has been incredible. Thank you so much for bringing your light onto the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been such a pleasure. And if anyone's interested in working with me one-to-one, just get in touch, send me a DM. I don't bite. Um, And yeah, if you just want to have a chat as well, you want to know a little bit more about your limiting beliefs, please get in touch. And I'm running my program from Limited to Limitless again in September. So if you're interested in applying and working nine weeks one-to-one with me uh just click on the application button in my link in my bio on instagram but yeah thank you so much for listening thank you so much liz for having me it was such a pleasure love you lots speak soon love you so much Bye. bye 
Thank you for listening to this episode and please remember to subscribe to this podcast. I'm sure that like me, you would love for more people to know this information. So if you leave a review and send me a screenshot of it on Instagram, which is at I am Ms. Roberta, you'll get a $50 voucher code to use on one of my online course launches. This won't be around forever. So go and leave a review now and I'll see you next time.